This is Archive Atlanta, episode 169, Jasper Newton-Smith. You're listening to Archive Atlanta, a history podcast where each week I'll be sharing a story about the people, places, and events that shape the history of the city of Atlanta. I'm your host, local tour guide, and total history nerd, Victoria Lemos. Hey everyone, happy Friday. So this week's mini episode is all about Jasper Newton-Smith. And if you have no idea who I'm talking about, Smith is well-known for his very quirky mausoleum, um, there is a life-size statue of him without a tie at the top. Um, and he's kind of looking into the cemetery. So I think, I think they call him the mayor of Oakland. So he's on a lot of tours. Again, he's just a very visible grave when you do go visit. And I think it was probably last year that Akila, um, who is a tour operator, author, and she was a guest on episode 68, she messaged me and she's like, have you ever researched this guy? Because he's a character. And I said, no, hadn't really, and then forgot about it. And then, you know, as it always happens, I was researching something else and it intersected with Smith and his projects and his life. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. This guy definitely needs a mini episode. Smith was born in 1833 in Walton County, Georgia to parents, William and Elizabeth. He was of Scot-Irish descent, and later written pieces described him as having, quote, shrewdness of the Scots and humor of the Irish and determination of the English, end quote. He was 28 years old when the Civil War started and he fought for the Confederacy. My assumption is that this is how he gets his later in life nickname of Captain Jack Smith. He moved to Atlanta post-war, and the story is that he purchased land near today's 14th Street in Peachtree and operated a brickyard. So I tried to confirm this. Um, there was n like nothing to be found. I found one reference to a Smith's Brickyard. That was it. I will say that if you had a brickyard in the post-Civil War era, you were definitely using convict leasing labor. Um, and I think this explains his vast wealth. So later in life, he's described as extremely wealthy, um, uses that money to get into real estate. So you know, this, I think, is where this money came from. Um, at some point within this period, he married Francis Kiker, and they had several children. Even from his earliest newspaper mentions, he was always involved in drama. Uh, in 1888, he sued a guy named Henry Leonard for $10,000, a very vague charge that Leonard had injured his reputation and good standing by malicious prosecution. So at this time in history, Henry Leonard was like the king of Broad Street, uh, which is in downtown. And inflation calculators don't really go before 1913, but this is like a ridiculous amount of money for the charge and for the time. Uh, he was also sued in 1905, so uh, Smith owned a church and the floor apparently collapsed during a wedding. Um, and this was a black church. So this incident happened in 1903, but it was in two years later, 1905, that he was sued by 11 defendants for suffering pain and then the death of one woman. He also once hired an artist to paint his portrait for $50. And when he painted on a necktie, Smith not only refused to pay the artist, but then was sued by the artist uh, for non-payment. And the poor man died during the lawsuit, so the artist never never got to get paid. And this is a good kind of segue into the necktie story, um, because this is one of the things you will notice at the statue at Oakland, and also something that I've heard many rumors about. So the newspapers say that Smith never wore neckties because he thought them unnecessary luxuries. Um, I heard there was like he was strangled as a child. He needed a phobia of them. 
that seems to come from one book. There's like a ghost story book. Um, I'm not sure where that person got that. Again, I was it was unable to substantiate that story. But I did find again that he didn't like neckties. Why? We may never know. So in 1888, Smith was purchasing land uh, and planning for a new building. And today, the Petrie Center Marta Station in Trent sits right next to the Ellis Hotel. It's right next to the Public Library downtown. But in 1889, Smith had this tiny triangular piece of land with eight inches of frontage on the famous Petrie Street. And what he did was purchase leftover Stone Mountain granite from the Venable Brothers. He hired his own masons and under his supervision... They slapped together a three-story structure that he called the house that Jack built. So that title comes from a popular nursery book sort of story from 1878. But also, as I said earlier, Jasper was known by his friends as Jack. Um, There is a photo of this building that the History Center has in their archives, um, and I'll post that on social media. It's really hard to see in the photo, though, the stonework. Um, descriptions of this building say that the it was covered in marble slabs that were carved with Bible verses. Um, and then there was two stone blocks that flanked the entrance. So one of them said, quote, this is the house that Jack built, end quote. And the other one said, quote, J.N. Smith's building commenced 100 years after George Washington's inauguration as first president. Paul says, oh, no, man, let posterity heed his advice, end quote. If you listen to episode 157 on abortion, Dr. Rosa Monish actually lived in the house that Jack built for a time in 1891. Um, But by 1909, Smith entered into a 99-year lease with his friend, Edward Allfriend, and in it, he secured not only $2,000 a year of rent, which was really a big sum, but he put in this legal stipulation that the engraved cornerstones with those quotes I just read were to remain there forever. And so later on, the building is sold to Hugh Richardson. I think this is in the 20s. And this was like a decade after Smith had died. So Richardson remodeled it. Um, He renamed it the Richardson Building. Now, I'm not sure when that building was demolished. But today, like I said, this is the site of the Marta Station. But the best part about this story is that those cornerstones are still there. And you can visit them. And it's just the quirkiest, weirdest little landmark, I think, of downtown. Um, And they're kind of like gated off a little bit. But I took pictures and I will post those as well. The next real estate endeavor that Smith entered into was the Bachelor's Domain. Yes, the best building name ever. Uh, Wrapping up construction in 1895, it was in the middle of the block between Houston, which is today John Wesley Dobbs, and Auburn Avenue. So initially, there was plans for a swimming pool on the roof. Uh, Those were scrapped because of cost. But what I love about this building is that the inside rooms were not numbered. They were instead named for each state in the Union. So in December of 1897, when Jack Smith celebrated his 64th birthday and his 27th wedding anniversary, the guests were received in the District of Columbia, and then they walked to Brooklyn. So his hope was that out-of-town guests would come to Atlanta, They would book a room named for their home state and, you know, I guess have like a taste of home in Atlanta. Around 1897, he also came up with another idea, and that was to build a Smiths building. Jasper Newton Smith proposed that every Smith in America send him $1, and he would build a place where all the Smiths could live 
and they would have everything, a race course, a bike track, and telescopes on the roof. And oh, guess what? You know, I'm going to purchase 10 acres just next week all along the Peachtree Road. And he states that he would pay himself $100 a month and the rest would go towards design and construction. So while this House of Smith's idea never took off, uh, the bachelor's domain stayed and it changed hands, but it was renamed the Greater New York Hotel. Interestingly enough, though, Captain Jack Smith continued to have an apartment there until his death. In 1907, Smith was bedridden at the hotel. He was recovering from an operation. Um, so apparently he had this clay model. So the statue that you see today at Oakland, he had the clay model somewhere. Uh, it says front porch. Arnold's at the hotel. I don't know if he had a house at this point, but he notices that the leg had broken off and gone missing. And this is just like added to the weirdness of all his stories. So he purchased the vault at Oakland 25 years prior to his death. So this is like 1893. And then he purchased his casket 12 years before he died. And it is supposedly a glass-topped casket. So he had everything commissioned. His statue was ready to go. Everything was planned. In 1908, he was having some more health problems, um, something with his foot, and he claimed to have healed it by pouring whiskey on it. Now, if you know anything about Atlanta and Prohibition, we enacted it in 1907, and we had it until 1935. So Smith was adamantly against Prohibition. Um, he's, he states that it was never mentioned in the Bible, therefore, you know, we should not do it. And this becomes ironic, because in 1918, I think in January... He and his niece were arrested for violating the Reed Amendment. Uh, the niece, her name was Pearl, said that she was instructed by her uncle to drive to Louisville, Kentucky and bring back a trunk full of whiskey. I'm not sure what the legal outcome of that case was because Jasper Newton Smith died just months later. Inside his apartment at the former bachelor's domain, he was 85 years old and suffering from an illness of one week. Three days before his death, he predicted to his friends that he would die at 9 p.m. He was just 15 minutes off, dying at 9.15 p.m. in August of 1918. His dying request was that his body be placed in Oakland Cemetery Vault one hour before sunset. And after his funeral at East Atlanta Primitive Baptist, his wish was fulfilled. So there you have it, the short story of Jasper Newton Smith. Like I said, you can go visit him if you have not seen this grave at Oakland. It's so easy to get to. You just walk in through the main gate and it's right there on your right. Um, I think knowing more about his story just makes him even more unique. And I feel like it's even cooler, you know, if you go right before sunset and kind of honor his initial wish and go say hi. Thank you everyone for listening. Remember to leave a rating and or a review. Uh, you can also visit the Patreon link in the show notes to support the podcast. Hope everyone has a great weekend and I'll talk to you next week.